When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight, like most Champions League nights, I am joined by Kev McCluskey. Kev, what's your feeling this evening? You got that apprehension, that feeling of excitement. We're going into probably the biggest challenge of the campaign, not just in Europe, this season against Atletico Madrid. But I think we've seen in the last game that uh, we can go toe-to-toe with a quality side like we're going toe-to-toe this evening in Madrid. How are you feeling after seeing the start of loving? Ah, yeah. First of all, uh, let's go. Happy to be here for another Champions League night. As you say, I think we've got the tradition of doing this almost every game. Um, I haven't seen a win yet. Tonight is going to be the night that will change that, right? Let's start off with a wee positive note. Tonight can be the night that we change that. I love it. Um, because why not? Am I nervous about tonight's game? Of course I am. We're playing away from home. We never went away from home in the Champions League. We're playing Atletico Madrid, who rarely lose games at home. It's a game that on paper we really shouldn't win. So why not make it the game that we win? Odds are stacked against us. So let's have a wee bit of kind of backs to the wall confidence that this can be the night. And it's a phrase that gets used a lot. And I know people don't always like it when we use it, but we have gone toe-to-toe for the last season and a bit, I think, with some of the biggest teams in Europe. We've just come up short in every game so far. Right, so we're... um, I can't remember who it was who said it. It might have been Jerry who said it on yesterday's show. We're proving that we deserve to be at this level. We're just not quite there to win a game yet, or we haven't been, but we've done everything but win a game. At some point, that work is bound to change. So, sitting here right now, 28 minutes before kickoff, why not let it be tonight? I love it. Now, uh, I have called you previously our very own Champions League, Zadok the Priest. And uh, we're also going to be joined by our newest Axon recruit all the way from New Zealand. Uh, it's your second appearance of the day, Ian Conroy. How are you? You're doing this in the daytime, which is unusual in itself. Yeah, yeah. So just call me Phil Collins. If any any of the older listeners remember Live Aid with Phil Collins playing in Philadelphia and then he flew on Concord. To yeah. It was vice versa, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah. 
So, uh, hello everyone, how are you? It's good to be back. It's excellent on a Champions we, League night. I don't know who Phil Collins is, he, and I had no idea who Zadok the Priest was. I had to Google that in case I was being insulted in some way. Had... <laughs> it was a compliment. It was a compliment. Um, as is always the case, you spend the week leading up to a game like this trying to figure out how we're going to line up. Um, and, it, you know, everybody has uh, different opinions on it. We spoke about it earlier on today. And I went with Turnbull in the midfield. That's obviously the big talking point. But my kind of thinking behind it was if you're choosing it on form, you go with Turnbull. If you're choosing it, and I think Ian mentioned this earlier on, on the best team to match this side, you try and bring someone else in with a bit of defensive quality. So I can see, Ian, why he's done that. You mentioned that earlier. You said, listen, same team as last time, but obviously Hatati's out. Bernardo played 90 minutes as it was in that game. Um, and that's exactly what Brendan Rodgers has done. You can see he's thinking behind it, can't you? Yeah, I think Bernardo's earned his trust as well. I think I think there's that, 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 that kind of, um, that defensive um, underpinning, the def- sort of defensive, defensive um, mentality. We're going to do a lot of, Running off the, uh, without the ball, I'd imagine. Just seen at the game at Celtic Park, it reminded me of when we, we played that kind of Harlem Globetrotter uh, Barcelona side, where it just seemed like they would, at any given point they would just they would just go up about three or four gears and zip the ball about, you know, like it was a pinball, but on purpose. You know, it wasn't just fizzing about willy nilly. It was actually executed really, really quickly and 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 and, and succinctly. You know, so. Um, they've got that in the locker. Obviously, they're, they're La Liga. I think you know the self-proclaimed best league in the world, England. I think La Liga is the best league in the world personally. And to be in and around the the top spot in the, in the um, La Liga, you're no mugs, are you? So, um, yeah, I think Bernardo is just offers that little bit of extra comfort. Um, and then we can throughout the game. Obviously, we can make changes. We've got the, the bench looks all right. I think um, you know we've got Turnbull can, can come on. You've got Chomp Chomping at the bit. I'm sure. And I love that competitiveness. If he's dropping somebody who's scored in the past couple of games or past past couple of starts, ready to come and take your place. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be your pencil sharp, you know. Your you know, and your and your your, your mind aligned. Um, I'm a poet. And I didn't even know it. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, a good. Yeah, I, I like I like I like the I like the lineup. I think it was it was obvious to me. I think yeah. So let's uh, let's hope we get a good start. You're right, though. I mean, you come in and you score. A couple of very important goals, a, a couple of ex, you know exceptional strikes from David Turnbull, and in particular his performance in the second of those games against Ross County was more of a complete performance. Kevin, yet he drops to the bench. So on the one hand, you're you're managing the players like Bernardo. I think we all kind of guessed that you know Kyogo would be back in, O'Reilly would be back in, but you're managing Bernardo in that he's been pitched into quite a few big games now. But at the same time, you're going to have to manage Turnbull as well. How do you do that? With great difficulty, I think. Um, but I think we've signed we've signed Bernardo on the fact that he's a player with big promise and big potential. And Benfica rate him fairly highly. It's just similar situation that they had with Jota, that they're a fairly star-studied team and you've got to be extra special to get in there. So we've brought him in because we know he's a good player and he's got, like I say, he's got that potential. He's got something that we don't have. And his performance against Atletico Madrid last time out was brilliant, I thought. Yeah. Certainly the first hour of the game before the legs went, he was excellent. He covered a lot of ground. Uh, I know there's that stat that said, was it 44 pressures he put in in a game, which is 
incredible work rate. And we're going to need that tonight. So I think what Brendan Rodgers is doing is he's picking a team for the game, not just a team of players that are on form. Turnbull was excellent, I thought, in the first half against Ross County. Pretty decent in the second half as well. Before he came off, um, two goals in two games as a midfielder, he can't do much more. But this isn't a game that suited to him, I don't think. He's not mobile enough. We're going to have to have fit athletic players, given that they're all in that midfield. And I think Bernardo fits the bill. So it's a tough one for Rodgers. He's got to have players, he's, uh, you know, good players he's going to have to keep happy. But again, that's exactly what you want as a manager. You want to have yeah. good players banging on the door, asking why they're not getting games. And then, you know, you'd angle a carrot of a Champions League game away from home against Atletico Madrid. What bigger stage does Bernardo want to prove that he's worthy of, of that jersey? You're right, you're right. But you want that in every position, Kevin, don't you? You, you want it at left back, you want it in goals. These are two positions that I think we've been talking about now for the past what, three transfer windows going into the fourth transfer window? You want to have that, you know, that challenge for the jersey. And to have Bernardo coming in as an under-21 uh, player who, who, by the way, is very highly rated, much like Jota was at Benfica, but it's just so difficult for him to get into the, the team and he must be impressed on a daily basis. I've been uh, kind of focusing on his defensive qualities and, as you say, that's a remarkable start from the last game in the Champions League for him, Kevin. But I'll tell you what, he can also turn defence into attack with one defence splitting passing, and, and he showed that against Ross County. It was his ball over the top for uh, Maeda, wasn't it, to, to split open the Ross County defence. So he's got plenty of attributes, and even if we get an hour out of him tonight, you've got that hidden weapon on the bench in David Turnbull who can come on and who can score against any opposition because... You know, let's be honest. Yes, he scored against St Mirren and Ross County. It didn't matter who was in goals. It didn't matter who the opponent was. If you've got that in your locker, you can score at any level, Ian. Yeah. I think the key tonight will be keeping our shape as much as possible. And I think for us to have any chance of getting something out of the game, it's going to be those someone picking you know, picking those insightful passes, yeah. uh, slotting someone in. Um, I had a, a bizarre... Whether it's bizarre, I don't know, but kind of in Golo Kante esque. Maeda is a defensive midfielder, right? I, just go with us, people, on this because it might sound crazy, but it kind of takes away that pressure of him having to deliver his final ball and having to try and score goals. But he's he's a pest. His work rate is amazing. And apparently, Kante's nickname at Leicester was the Twins because he was everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine Maeda would be a, would be a, of a similar. Nature, you know, just actually midfield schema, just everywhere, everywhere, you know, break, breaking up play and passing it to someone who, like a Bernardo, who can, you know, or or, or a, um, a Palmer, who can do do their damage, you know. Anyway, that's sort of another, I'll write a blog or something on that and piss everyone off about that, but it's, it's uh, with these thoughts. But it's, it's yeah, I think, I think um, yeah, he's, he comes from the Benfica Academy, so he's, he's been he's been taught well, you know. It seems to be like a, a luxury conveyor belt. Mm. Uh, we seem to have a relationship with Benfica now after after Jota. Jota's, I think, by all accounts, has um, spoken highly of Celtic and said it's a good move. So hopefully it can be mutually beneficial. If you can imagine that, you know, imagine Celtic had a couple of guys at that age, right? And our, our system of Scottish football is not built for us to do this, which is it's an ongoing frustration of mine because I loved the 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 conveyor belt that Celtic had for many, many years, you know, going right back to, let's be honest, the Lisbon lines, we just didn't sell them on, the quality street kids and so forth, you know, going into 
the 1980s with, uh, you know, Charlie Nicholas and, and you know, going into the 1990s, it started to dry up a wee bit. But we had a conveyor belt of talent. You imagine having a relationship with a club like us who can take one of the young young players like Jota, give them the game time, the exposure on the platform of the Champions League and then sell them for big money and make you a few quid as well. So not only do you get a good transfer fee for selling them to a club like Celtic, you get a bit of a knock, a knock on as well uh, when he goes to the riches of Saudi Arabia. Uh, Paulo Bernardo isn't quite there yet. He's played a handful of games for Celtic, but I think he has shown what he is capable of doing. And I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Um, there's a couple of people asking what the lineup is, and we'll run through that just now. So it's Joe Hart and goals. Alistair Johnson at right back with Greg Taylor at left back. Carter Vickers and Scales in the centre of defence. In the midfield, Bernardo is joined by Captain Callum McGregor and Matt O'Reilly comes back into the, the side, unsurprisingly. And then up top, we've got Palmer, the man of the moment, the man with all the form, um, alongside Maeda and Kyogo. Now the bench is Bain Lagerbjelk comes back in, Nat Phillips, Yang, Turnbull, Home, O, Iwata, Forrest, Ralston, Welsh, that's Welsh coming back into the side, and Mikey Johnson. Now, I think uh, with one eye on these games, Kev, you know, Brennan Rodgers has brought in the likes of Mikey Johnson against Hibs, um, and I know that came in for a wee bit of criticism because you're looking at that situation and thinking, where's the depth of our squad? If you're playing a, a player who, you know, we were kind of relying on making the big breakthrough four years ago and it didn't happen then and we're still bringing them into the side... I think, though, it becomes clear on nights like tonight where you need to have the quota in the squad that you've got to try your best to get minutes in somebody's legs like Mikey Johnson just in case he needs to be introduced tonight. So you can see that. But it's good to see Stephen Welsh on the bench also coming back from that terribly timed injury. I know there's no good time to get injured, but you know, for the, I really felt for the boy after getting his contract, next thing you know, he's on the treatment table. So it's good to see him back on the bench as well. Yeah, he could very easily have been Liam Scales this season. You know, he's a, he's a bad injury at the wrong time away from cementing a place in the first team for the foreseeable future. So it's good to see him back. He's a young boy. Is he a young boy now? How old is he? Must be 23-ish. So not so young boy anymore in football terms. But he's, um, he's one of the younger players in that. I've got a lot of time for because I don't think he's ever really let us down whenever he's played. So good to see him back in. Although let's hope we don't need to call upon him exactly at any point yep. today because uh, you know the defence is, is staying firm. And um, yeah, you talk about Mikey Johnson. Listen, I think Mikey's boat has sailed. His ship has sailed with us, and he'll probably be looking for a new club sooner rather than later. But while he's still here. He's a member of the squad, so why not use him? And again, use Scales as the example. We've seen a player come out from the shadows and cement a place in the first team. Mikey Johnson's got ability. He just needs to stay fit um, and cut out the stupid errors from his game that was letting him down when he was last in the team. If we need him tonight, he's going to be there. He's going to give it his all when he comes on, if he comes on. So again, you know, as long as he's got those hooks on, you'll support him and you'll want him to, to play well if he gets on the park. You happy with the strength on the bench, Kev? Overall, yeah, I am. I mean, if you look through that, like, Lagerbilk is a £3.5 million signing. Phillips was brought in supposedly for these occasions and he's got Champions League experience. I think 
Yang, Turnbull, Home, O have all performed pretty well in the last couple of games, so they're on form. Forrest has got all the experience in the world there as well. It's a fairly strong bench. Yeah. And there's, there's guys out there as well that have got something to prove if they get on. So again, if he turns to somebody like Iwata to shore up the midfield, he's got something to prove to try and, you know, put his name further up the pecking order. So fairly happy with that bench. Yeah. And say that there are options there, like creative button guys like Yang and O who are on form offensively. So let's stick with the positivity and say there's mm. a fairly strong team starting the game. There's a fairly strong bench if we need to turn to it or when we need to turn to it. Um, and Roger showed in the first game as well, he's going to be tactically flexible against this mm. opposition. Mm-hmm. So you just never know what he might have up his sleeve for the second half. No, you're right. I think that uh, quartet of Yang, Turnbull, Home and all, we've seen quite a bit of them recently and they've come into the side over the last couple of games and done really well and they've They've almost uh, reminded you that, yeah, we are an option on the bench. Then you look at, obviously, Awata, who you mentioned, and Forrest, who have been in amongst the goals when they have come in. So, yeah, good options on the bench. As you also said, in terms of the defence, if you need to go back to that three-centre-half three uh, option as well, Kevin, at some point, you've got options. You've actually got you've got four centre-halves there, you know, if you want to count Awata, because mm-hmm. he can play just about anywhere. You've got four centre-halves, um, Lagerbelt's back in, Welsh, Nat Phillip, great options on the bench, a very strong start in 11 as well. And let's talk about some of the players then. Um, when you look at the defence, uh, probably the one player who's come in for most stick this season has been Gre- uh, Greg Taylor, Ian. And, um, you know, he's a guy who's been on his own kind of trajectory under Ange Postacoglu. Uh, he was probably one of the most improved players at the club under the big Australian and then he seemed to take a wee bit of time to adapt to Brendan Rodgers' style. But I'll tell you what, he's out there on his own there because there is no option on the bench for him. Um, he's an inverted fullback. He was playing more like a kind of left-sided centre mid at the weekend. He was kind of all over the park at the weekend. And I've heard, and I've heard time and time again, he's all right domestically, no good enough for Europe. How do you react to that, Ian? Because tonight, you know, there's not many bigger challenges that we have faced in the last, in fact, since Greg Taylor's come to the club than this evening. Um, do you subscribe to that view that he's not good enough for Europe? I know, you know, some might blame him for giving away a penalty, by the way. You know, it could have gone either way and also not defending the cross in the last game against tonight's opponents. But he does get a bit of a, he gets a bit of a hard time, doesn't he? Yeah, every team... There's always a scapegoat, isn't there? I suppose, or uh, you know, someone who, you know, like the the run of the litter. You know, it's if you. I know it, how the, I know how he feels. <laughs> so do I in my own house. <laughs> um, I deserve it. Um, so I think I think I, I, in the St. Mirren game, he, I noticed he, was, he kind of positionally he was found wanting a few times. Um, luckily, St. Mirren weren't weren't um, Athletic Madrid. We, we would have been punished, you know. He went missing at the back post a few times. Um, whether it is a, a, a kind of um, lost in translation, or he's, he's having difficulty transitioning back to a, a different way of playing, or an, adju- an adjustment, I don't know. Or whether it's that just the fact, look, you get what you pay for. You know, you look at the Atletico Madrid who were playing tonight. You look at the players they've got at their disposal. You know, you, these these teams are going and signing Galacticos. You know, they're signing the creme de la creme. You know, so there's going to be you know, a, a disparity, you know, when we, when we go into Europe. So, you know, that's 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 a, that's a given, you know. I, I don't prescribe to this, you know, it's 11 guys against 11 guys. That's true to, in a certain sense in terms of effort. 
you know, like you match people in effort, but then the, the class pushes people beyond that, you know. So yeah. I think Greg Taylor gets a bit of a hard time. I like him. I like his attitude. He's kind of he seems died in the wool now, you know. He seems like you know he seems like a, a real a real um, like he's really part of the fabric. So I'm I'm a fan of Greg Taylor, um, and I yeah um, he, he speaks well when he's when he's interviewed and things like that. He's he's on so. We we do need cover in that position. I, I was said that in the group chat. No one responded actually. So obviously, thinks everyone thinks I'm a nutter. Um, about if we got Dembele back and um, and and French Eddie and a, and a keeper and a, someone cover for left back, I think we could do do really well in Europe. I mean, maybe a pipe dream, but we could certainly. You know, we've got the nucleus of a really good, exciting young team. I don't think you're you're mad, uh, Ian. I think that th- this is one of my biggest frustrations, and we do talk about that cycle quite a lot. You know, whereby you've got a core of players like real talent, and on the kind of periphery of that core, you've got guys who are, are part of the next wave of talent. And I think Celtic have done that really well. But the ones that are coming through, just as they're coming through and, and reaching that level, you've got the other ones who have risen to the top, and they're you know. They're getting skimmed off the top. You know, the cream's getting skimmed off the top and they're going elsewhere. And I've always said that. And I actually think the window of opportunity to do that, Ian, is getting shorter. I used to think that, you know, you could keep a player like Moussa Dembele for three years and then you do your turnover and then you sell him on for your profit. And I, I used to think that about guys like Van Dyke. But it almost, when you look at Jota, for an example, it's almost as if that window of opportunity is getting shorter and shorter, Kevin. So it's becoming more and more difficult. And that's why we need to be really prudent when it comes to, you know, bringing nine bodies in. I've always said it. Bring three in. Bring the three of real quality. And I know there's no guarantee that the three will work. I get it. But it's going back to Ian's point about class. There are levels of class. Sometimes you get lucky. Uh, sometimes it's extremely good scouting. You know, in the in the, the case of Matt O'Reilly, for example, um, element of luck, yeah, but really good scouting, really good recruitment. In terms of the Japanese imports, some people might say it's been a hit or a miss. If you think about it, we've got you know signed six Japanese players, and I think arguably Adeguchi, Kobayashi, I'm on the fence because he's never played the game time that you'd expect, and the other three are, are undoubtedly majestic players who have been great signings. So there is an element of, of risk. I know that it's, there's no exact science to it, but that is my biggest frustration, particularly on nights like tonight, because if you were to add three top quality signing, the type of signing, Kevin, that some people call marquee or statement signing or whatever. Um, and I'm hoping that we do it in January, but by January you're doing it for the next Champions League campaign because we've not had the quality to get through. You know, so it is frustrating, Kev. It is. And January's, um, January's not the easy time to go shopping. No. Because generally teams are out trying to sign the player to maybe save a season, in a sense. So the values go up uh, or teams don't want to lose the star players because they need them to either win a trophy or save their own season. So January's generally usually not the time to go and, and make those signings. What's, what's really galling or galling, I guess, sorry, is about this transfer window just passed is that fact that we did bring in nine players. We signed players for positions that we needed strengthening in while leaving several that we absolutely needed to strengthen without touching them. But only Palma starts. Mm. So there's there's eight signings there that aren't getting a look in at the moment. And that, when you think of the outlay, £10 million or whatever it was that we've spent or more, 
and that we got a free 25 million for Jota that was not yeah. expected. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying we should have spent all that 25 million, you know, be a bit prudent, keep some of it aside for January, keep some of it for next summer, plan ahead and all that. But if we've got a scouting and recruitment department that's as good as we think it is and they like like to talk it up, it's being surely there were players out there that were first team ready that we could have went and spent an extra few million on it and brought in. And like, I might not totally agree with the players that Ian suggested to bring back in because I don't always want to go and go to the past to bring players back. But he's absolutely right at that level of player we could have went out and bought the next Dembele, the next Edward, or the current player of that level. We could have spent five, six million pounds on a couple of players. They'd have slotted into the first team. And I guarantee you, if we'd done that, we'd have won at least one of those games that we've played so far in the Champions League. We'd be sitting in a far better position. And that's the most gutting thing, because we've had the chance to do it, and we haven't taken it. It's that lack of ambition for the board that we, we speak about. So I'm, I'm going to stop talking about that because I'm going to... I normally build myself up from being pessimistic going into these games to being optimistic by the end. I'm going to talk myself the other way around because I'm slagging the board off now. So get me back in the positive mood, please. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, Kev, we've had some positive evenings on the Champions League uh, occasions that we've covered on a Celtic state mind. Uh, one of the most positive was you and I sitting at halftime against Real Madrid where we were uh, not only holding them to nothing each draw, but it looked as though we might get something out of that game at Celtic Park. Um, completely different approach, I think, to the one that we're going to deploy this evening. Uh, being the bastard, um, says, pumped for tonight. I can hear it now. Celtic sends shockwaves through Europe. Listen, I love a bit of positivity. Where would you be without it? Double denim. Um, evening Axel and fellow hoops, hard match tonight and under no illusions about our chances, but we've got a good solid lineup and we've got goals up front on the wings and in midfield. Let's go for it. You know what? Isn't Liam Scales due a goal? Remember he tried an overhead bicycle kick against Lazio uh, and I said, do you ever think, did you ever think I would be saying that he's trying an overhead bicycle kick to win a game against Lazio? I never ever thought I'd say that about Liam Scales. He's due a goal. Don't know what the odds would be. Uh, Paddy simply says, come on the hoops. Oh. And we've also got... As as, uh, yes. As long as Scales doesn't have a Scottish referee, a linesman to chalk it off for no reason, he stands a decent oh. chance tonight. He does, he does. And uh, it would be, to be fair, it would be um, almost like the icing on the cake so far for Liam Scales, who has been sensational since he came in. James McKenzie wrote about him today saying, this is no purple patch. I think the first contributor that said that was young James French uh, from Ireland, who's been shouting um, his praises for a long time, Liam Scales. And he says, you know what, this isn't just a few decent games, a flash in the pan. Why can it not be more of a, a, a long-term position for Liam Scales. With every passing game, I'm beginning to believe it. Class 1978, feeling hopeful tonight. Be brave on the ball and no silly mistakes. Hail, hail from that Celtic hot, hotbed of Corby. Matt O'Reilly comes back in tonight. Ian, he has been an incred a quite incredible signing. Um, I hate to think of players leaving Celtic. I hate any kind of quality leaving Celtic. And the fact that, you know, the vultures have been flying, we're going to have to be batting them away come January, especially if he continues with his Champions League form. Man of the match in the last game. Yeah. Um, 
what 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 do the board really want? You know, what do they really aspire to? I think have we reached the ceiling of what we're, we're aspiring to, which is to qualify for the Champions League, take the money, ka-ching, and then just keep and rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Because if we keep selling players like O'Reilly, you know, we're, we're giving them a platform in the Champions League, so that's attractive for for if they've got a choice to go maybe to, to, to the to the Championship in England or to a low level Premier League team or to come to Celtic. It's a really great selling point, you know, that we, we've got Champions League football. The board, when they appointed Brendan, they says that you know we want to try and do something in Europe. What that something is, I don't know. You know, realistically, what is it? It's, is it to drop down in, in the Europa League and try and win that? Is it to try and get, you know, qualify? I mean, just qualifying for to the next to the group stage of the, of the Champions League, big deal. It's two games. You know, what is it really? What we're aspiring to do? Because going back before about you know when I was saying about Dembele and Edouard, imagine them that in that team with a with a with a stronger goalkeeper. I think we could. We could go further, you know. I think in the Champions League, I think the the, the the fine margins that we've had in these games so far, you know, we're not that far away. So if we had some clinical finishers, you know, Maeda has been guilty of, of missing some guilt edge chances in, in, in several games, you know, as much as I love him. And um, so O'Reilly, you're you're right. He'll be one of another one that we're just we're, we're maximising what his, his potential, so we can get the biggest yield, sell him on. And we're back to square one again. Almost, we've got to go out and recruit and try and find another gem. The, you know, the law of averages it won't work. We'll have another couple of stinkers, and then we'll get another a decent one. You know, so but we can never build any anything sustainable. We're just a selling club. Um, so I think there's got to come a time where the board say, right, you know what? No matter what the price is, we're not selling. We're trying to build something. We're going to try and see how far we can go go in, the, in Europe and actually put our money where our mouth is, metaphorically and you know, physically. Yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, it's just, it, if it's just the hard-nosed business approach, Ian, it's like same as everything else, they're buying players as commodity. And then if they can sprinkle that Champions League dust on them, give them that platform, they get more of a profit. Honestly, I mean, i seen a bottle of Prime getting sold in Edinburgh for 20 quid the other day. How can that happen, right? It's all about commodity and somehow making it, um, you know, aspirational for people to want it. Celtic are doing that with players on a conveyor belt via the Champions League and then on to richer leagues. That's all great. But I'm on the same kind of train as you, Ian, the same train of thought as you. Imagine keeping them for three years with a coach like Ange or Brendan, and then you look at it and think, wow, we could do something. Listen, that's what tonight's all about. Celtic are going to uh, allow us to dream for another 90 minutes at least. We're going to go and join them for the first 45. It's been an absolute pleasure Thank you, everybody, for getting involved in the chat. 600 strong before the game. Come back at halftime. Hopefully, we're talking about the first half of a memorable evening in Europe for Celtic. All that's left for me to say, thank you, Kevin McCluskey and Ian Conroy, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network.